Anybody excited to hear that reference? <laughs> Mark 11. And uh, as I've already mentioned, we're continuing to focus on healing, the healing of our body. Praise God. I'm so glad as we were singing about it is the will of God for us to be healed. Amen. Amen. When you get that firmly established in your mind and heart, you have one sixty percent or more, I would say, of what it's going to mean to walk in divine healing and divine life. And, uh, you know, all of our lives have been touched by sickness and disease. Uh, we've all seen people suffer. We've all heard the stories. We've, we've all had those experiences in our extended family or our personal family. And I can't think of uh, too many things more painful than a husband who has to watch his wife wither and die with a disease or a child or a mom or a dad or a bro- I don't care who it is. It's just an awful, awful thing. And we know, we know instinctively that can't be God. It can never be God. And it isn't God. Aren't you glad? Jesus said, I have come in John 10, 10. I have come that you might have life. That word life, as you know, is the Greek word zoe. And it means not just human life, animal life, good life. You know, it means the God kind of life. Zoe is the word that means the God kind of life. And, but he said it's the devil that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Just makes it very, very clear. Amen. And uh, so we want to minister the word uh, enough to you. Uh, when I sense the anointing is on me and uh, that it's time to lay hands on those that want me to do that tonight, then I'll just stop the service and we'll, we'll do that. Praise God. Uh, but I encourage you, be ready to grab hold. Amen. Uh, when uh, you come, if you come. Praise God. In Mark 11, we're going to go there in just a moment. Before we do, I want to read a couple of quotes from a tremendous uh, healing evangelist. He's been in heaven for a number of years now, uh, named T.L. Osborne. And uh, he wrote a best-selling book on divine healing called Healing the Sick. And if you don't have that, I encourage you to get that one as well. Anyway, he said, The Word becomes very simple when we regard every word of it as true and act accordingly. Amen. Praise God. You know, when we, when, we, uh, when we read our Bibles through religious lenses, denominational lenses, theological lenses, we can get tangled up. But if you just, you, you, you might be served uh, really well to just go get you a brand new Bible, get you a brand new Bible, a blank slate, and sit down and read the New Testament from... Matthew through Revelation, like you never read it before. And with this mindset, every word in here means what it says. It's exactly true. And I'm going to accept it, act on it, and believe it. And just read it like you've never read it before. Amen. Amen. And the Word of God will become such a simple but uh, supernatural and living and powerful thing in your life. Praise God. Here's another quote from him. T.L. Osborne says, Do not nullify your healing... By believing what you feel more than what the Word of God says. I like what he said. He said, uh, faith is never feeling and feeling is never faith. So after hands are laid on you, if someone were to ask you, how do you feel? It don't matter. You might say, I feel good. Well, that doesn't mean you're healed. You're healed because the Word of God declares you to be. And that's where, our, that's where our investment, I mean, you know, on the good side, you're not more healed because you feel like you are. 
And on the converse side, because then what if, what if tomorrow morning symptoms return? That's where many, many people who are supernaturally healed lose their healing. is because symptoms return and they say, oh, I thought I was healed. I must not be. No, that's your mouth. And you just open the door, right? Brother Hagin said it this way. He said, more people lose their healing because of a counterattack than any other one reason. What does he mean, counterattack? You're healed. You are healed. Amen? But then symptoms, a symptom or a feeling comes back. And then what you say in response to those symptoms determines whether you're going to keep that healing long term or not. What you should say is, oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. I resist you, Satan. The Bible says, praise God. By his stripes I was healed, I was healed, that's the way it is. And then you'll watch those symptoms abate and leave. But you have to say the right thing in the face of symptoms. And so I'll give you this last quote uh, from T.L. Osborne. And uh, I like this. He said, if you'll stand by God, he'll stand by you. If you'll stand by God, he'll stand by you. Praise God. Standing by God means standing by his word. Taking God at his word. Faith is very simple. We take God at His Word. We take God at His Word above like we would take the Word of an accountant or a doctor or a a pastor or a teacher or a coach or anyone else. We just take God at His Word. That's all faith is. Trusting God, expecting God to do exactly what He said He would do. Amen. Amen. Faith is not hard. Praise God. But we want to spend a little bit more time tonight before we lay hands on the sick talking to you about words that bring healing. Last week we talked about how important your words are to whether or not you're going to walk free of sickness and disease or not. Amen? Now you're in Mark 11, but remember in Deuteronomy, not Deuteronomy, um, Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are not in the power of God. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. That's why in Proverbs 6, around verse 3, it says, people are snared by the words of their mouth. They are trapped in a trap that they set for themselves by their words. Things are not working for them the way they want them to, but it goes back to the way they're talking. Amen. And so, you know, where do our words come from? Well... Our words are ultimately expressions of what we believe. They are verbal expressions of what we believe to be true in that moment. Amen? That's what our words are. Our words are also uh, verbal manifestations of how we think. And are in, the, in the end of the game, the words, our words are everything. You're going to go to heaven or hell based on what you say about Jesus. If you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead for you, you will be saved. But if you don't say it, you can't have it. You don't say it, you can't have it. Amen? That is how important our words are. So, but we, we must realize we have to take a step back from our words and say, well, where are our words coming from? Well, the Bible says out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is speaking. So victory is tied to putting right words in your heart in abundance. you got to put the right things in your heart in abundance so that in any given moment when pressure comes, 
what comes out of you will be what you want, which is the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look here. Jesus, in response to Peter's observation that the fig tree that Jesus had spoke negativity to, he didn't cuss at the tree. (laughs) Don't think that. Jesus didn't cuss ever. It says he cursed the tree. And in the Greek, that means he spoke negativity to it. He spoke something bad to the tree, and what he spoke, the bad thing he spoke, happened to the tree. Uh Amen? And that's what's happening to whatever we're putting negativity on. That's why I don't like, you can't be on my staff, you can't be a key leader if you're going to be a negative nanny all the time. Or you just can't be that that person. Amen. I need people around me who are going to be up, who are going to be optimistic, who are going to be full of faith. Amen. Praise God. And so, so Jesus makes this statement to His disciples in verse 22. He says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Now as we well know, this in the Greek it literally says, Have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Jesus wouldn't tell us to have something we could not have. So He's telling His disciples, He's telling us today, Have the God kind of faith. Well, what is the God kind of faith? What He demonstrated to the fig tree. And He goes on and expounds it in verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever... Listen, that's you. You, If you're anything, if I'm anything, I'm a whosoever. Right, Brother Tony? Like a t-shirt. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm a whosoever. You are a... If you're anything, you're that. Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto, can I say, the mountain of symptoms, to the mountain of sickness and disease, to the mountain of pain, if that one will say, be thou removed, be thou, get out of my body, right? And shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things, not that God says, but the things you say. This is the essence of what Jesus is talking about here. He believed that when He said, no man eat any more fruit from you forever, He believed no man will ever eat fruit off that tree ever again, and they didn't. He believed that what He said would come to pass. That is what Jesus requires you to believe about what you say. So it's not, you're not going to have whatever you say. You're going to have whatever you believe, you say, believing those words will come to pass. So it's not just, you know, parroting words that's going to make it happen. You have to believe sincerely in your heart that what you said will come to pass. Amen. Praise the Lord. You getting that? So Jesus said, whoever will say to the mountain and believe and not doubt in their heart that the things that he or she saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So when Mango, our female first generation lab, uh, got hit by a semi truck on her back half and just destroyed her hips, that dog should have been put down. Or they wanted to do a two or $3,000 surgery, and I said, we ain't doing that. I love Mango, but we're not doing that. 
Amber wasn't, my wife wasn't ready to let that go. She wasn't going to have her dog go out like that. And she started speaking to that dog. She started speaking to those bones, to the hip, to the joint, to everything related to that. And she got a revelation while she was doing that. When I speak, things change. She got that from there, right? Because Jesus believed what he spoke and what he spoke brought change to the condition of that tree. Your words may not happen overnight, probably won't, but your words will bring change to your circumstances. Your words will bring change to your body. That tree had the ability to hear what Jesus said and respond accordingly. What's your body made out of? Your body, in essence, is made out of the same elements that the tree's made out of. And the substance of your body has an ear to hear. Your, your, your liver can listen to you. Your heart, your blood vessels, your mind, your memory. Come on. Your joints, the quality of your blood, your energy level, the chemistry of your body. will It has ears to hear and it's listening to you. What are you saying? We should be speaking words that bring healing. But so sadly, most Christians don't have a revelation of this. If they do, they're not diligent about what they're practicing. They say amen in here and then they talk like a... It's just terrible. Out in the lobby and out in the parking lot and out in their house and out in life. And that's what's got Christians defeated. Is their words... You, you can't, a lot of Christians, they sincerely pray a faith-filled prayer for healing or finances or something else, and they release their faith, but then 10 minutes later, they're over talking doubt and unbelief to grandma about that. And they, that's what T.L. Osborne said, people nullify their faith. They nullify their prayer. And then people look back a month later, they prayed over their finances at the first of the month, they get to the end of the month and the finances didn't come, and they said, well, God didn't answer my prayer. No, what have you been saying all month? Most people undo what they pray with their everyday speech. It's not like the only words that matter are the words you pray with your hands and you, when you're talking to God. All your words matter. Yes, sir. All of them. Come on. And so we can see here uh, that our words can move mountains. Now that dog should have died. But you know, that dog amended. That dog, got, that dog got well. That dog did exactly. Her hips, her body did exactly what Amber told it to do over a period of time. And when it looked like in that day that nothing changed, she kept saying the same thing. The next day you're dealing with the same problems. I'm having to lift her up and she's in pain. She's biting me. She's still saying the same thing. But we began to see those words begin to have their effect on her body. And that only gave my wife more encouragement. She just kept talking and kept talking. And that dog was healed. And that dog lived on another year or so. Yeah. I'm, we're not talking about Christian science or some fantasy. We're talking about spiritual law. That affects you every day. Your words. Amen. Amen. Go over with me to Proverbs 4. We're going to get into some meat just real quick. 
Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Proverbs 4. I want to, uh, to just highlight again, and I know this, this is new for some of us, but for a lot of us, it's, it's review. The power of speaking God's word over your body. Hallelujah. What does the Bible reveal about that? So we're going to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. And so it says, My son, my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they... Now he's going to tell us why we should live like this. For they, those words, God's words, excuse me, are what? They are life. Talking about eternal life, divine life, God's kind of life. Amen. (laughs) You remember the, uh, oh, the old movie about the, uh, the old, the, uh, what was that movie about the, yeah, it was Cocoon, right? And the alien cocoon and they were in the pool and the little uh, alien eggs that they were soaking in the pool and the old farts got in the pool and they figured out that, that, that they're all youthful. You know, as they, the life that was coming out of those alien eggs got into the water and they got into the water and that divine life got on them and, and they're all out dancing and being young and getting in fights and acting. And then their secret gets out and you remember the movie. Amen. If you don't, don't go watch it. It's probably, I don't know what's got it. I've watched that a long time ago. It's probably got bad words in it and all that stuff. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I'm just telling you, we have God on the inside of us. Amen. Come on, you, you know, I like to imagine the, you know, think about what it's going to be like to, to come into the very throne room of God and to see God, that being on that heavenly throne, and the, the fire and the power and the life emanating out of Him. He is in your body. You get a little smidgen of that to spill over into your cells, you're going to be healed for sure. Amen. See, we're so impressed with Uh, the ability of a cancer cell. We're so impressed with the ability of a virus. We're so fearful about the the, uh, uh, ability of a bacteria. I'm impressed with the life of God. I'm impressed with the power of God. Amen. Living on the inside of me, emanating out of my spirit, spilling out over into my soul, splashing over into my body. Come on. Why can't we be impressed with that instead of the other? So God says here, my words are life to everybody. And unfortunately not. They are life unto those who find them. And what? Health to all their flesh. Now, as you know, I have a Cambridge Bible. And in the margin of my Bible, if you have a good, uh, you know, well-respected margin Bible, it'll tell you the Hebrew meaning of that word health is medicine. Medicine. The Hebrew word is medicine. So notice here what the Bible calls God's word. Life and health. Life and medicine. How do you take God's medicine? You speak His words. You find those words that have life in them. And you speak them. That is how you take, right? Most of the medications we take are oral medications. Or you inject them. There's a procedure to get them in you. 
God's procedure to get His divine life that's in His Word into your system is you speak it. You speak it. So instead of talking how weak you are and how bad that leg is and your bum knee and your bursitis and my, my glaucoma or whatever, you're, don't put possessive pronouns on stuff you're redeemed from. You know, the other day, the, um, I was lingering around outside doing something and the FedEx guy backed up and, uh, and got out and he handed me a package. And he jumped out and we said hi and he, he went on his merry way, you know, got ready, jumped back in his truck. And I looked down and that's not my name. That's my neighbor up the hill. That's it's Mark and Brenda's name. So I go, hey. He goes, what? I said, I'm not them. This 7330, 7310's round the curve. Oh, I'm sorry. I, he offered me a package, but it didn't have my name on it. So I refused it. I refused it. When the devil shows up with pain package, sickness package, that doesn't have your name on it. That doesn't, this book says that, that's not mine. Take this out of here. I'm not signing for this. But when you say my bad, whatever, my bum knee, I have this, I have that. God can't help you not have it when you say you do. We're wanting God to help us not have something. We keep affirming that we have. Mm -mm -mm. So we need to find the words that bring healing and speak those. So go back to the 107. Ooh, I'm excited about this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, when you get this, thank God for the laying on of hands, but you get this down, you won't need the laying on of hands. Because you can get in the... And we live in such a blessed day, oh my goodness, where there's bookstores and there's, there's, you don't even have to do your own study. There's books in there. You just go down and all the... There's healing scriptures. Right? I mean, we just live, you could get on Blue Letter Bible, you could get on BibleGateway.com, not spend any money, and put in healing, and it pull up all the scriptures with the word healing. I mean, we, we ought to be the most healed generation out there in the body of Christ with what we have available to us. So, look at verse 17. Psalm 107, verse 17 says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat. You know, when you get really sick, you lose your appetite. And they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he says, too bad. No, thank God. He says, he saves them out of their distresses. He's a merciful God. Verse 20. He sent, what? He sent his word. He sent his word and healed them. You know what that tells me? There is healing in the Word. There's healing in the Word. How's that work? You don't have to know how it works. You just know how to, you need to know how to work it. So we saw that God in Proverbs 4, the Word of God is divine, has divine life in it. 
and it is medicine to all the flesh. All the flesh. How do you take that medicine? You speak it. Here's another verse that backs this up, right? He sent his word and healed them. The word is your healer today. You need to see the word as your healer. I am not your healer. I know the word. The word is a person according to John. Jesus is the living word. Amen. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. And he uses me. And he'll flow through these humble hands that I've given him. And the power of God, if you'll believe, will go right into you. Because I'm just going to act in obedience on what Jesus said. What the Word said. The Word said, lay hands on the sick and they might, if it's my will, recover. Oh, is that, you don't have a translation that says that? What did it say then? Are you sure it says that? It says they shall? Are you sure? In the Greek? Even in the Greek. That's what he said. You're right. Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why, are not, why aren't we seeing more of that? Because hands are being laid on people who do not believe they're recovering. So you have to mix your faith to get results. You've got you to bring something to the table instead of expecting God to do it all for you all the time. And it's not unreasonable. You shouldn't be going, you know, praying for God to give you faith. I like what I read T.L. Osborne say. You should not have to pray that God would give you faith to believe what He told you. You know, I would wonder if one of my kids came and prayed, Dad, would you please pray for me that I would have faith that what you said is right? Don't you see how I would kind of interpret that as an attack on my integrity? An attack on my character. What do you mean you want me to pray that you'll have faith to believe that what I said is true? But we do that to God all the time. But see, if you'll just find out what He said in His Word and just believe it, it'll work for you every time. Every time. To not do that is to count God a liar or a failure or not trustworthy or something. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, praise God. All right, now go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. And we're going to, I want to show you here how to operate, how God starts a divine healing operation in your life. Praise God. How this works, how this operates. Isaiah 55, verse 11. <clears throat> and actually, let's back up and uh, read verse 9 down through 11. It says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. That's verse 9. And my thoughts, your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but waters the earth, and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, God set up this system. The water comes down, the snow comes down, it waters the earth, there's seed in the earth, that water and that light. It produces and it's a reliable system. Right? So it happens every year. Notice what he said in verse 11. So shall. Or like this. This is how this works in the spirit realm. So shall, what's he say? So shall my word 
my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Hallelujah. It shall not return to me void. This is interesting. God is expecting the word he sent to come back to him. How would that happen? Right, God opened his mouth and he breathed, his spirit breathed on the writers of the Bible. I know it seems like an eternity ago, but do you remember the first of the year when I talked about the word of God? We did a 10-week series on the supernatural origin and nature of the Bible. God breathed upon these words, right? And so we have like Psalm 103, verse 2, that says, He has forgiven all my iniquities and healed all my diseases. God sent that word. And He is expecting that word to be returned back to Him. How do we do it? By speaking it. He spoke it to us. We speak it back to him in faith. And what did he say about that process? It's a working system. You can have confidence in that system. He said, my word returned back to me in faith shall not return to me void. Amen. Now the word void here means null and void. It means having no force, having no binding power, no validity. It means to be empty or fruitless or vain, having no effect. God said, I sent my word. Can we put these other verses together? I sent my word to heal you. My word has life in it. My word is medicine to your flesh. Return that healing word back to me. It will not return back to me without the effect. It will not return back to me empty. It will not return back to me nullified. It will not return back without the power to produce. Come on. We have a very simple job to find the healing word. Meditate on the healing word. Keep it in front of our eyes. Keep it in the midst of our heart and speak it with our mouth. And God has the big job. God has the, if you'll do a small thing, God will do a miraculous thing. He will, he will put your spinal cord back together. He will cause the blind eye to open. He will make everything happen that needs to happen to get all the cancer out of your body, to rebuild your joints, to drive out all the pain, whatever it is that you need. If you'll do a small thing, He will do the miraculous thing. Find the Word. Do what He said with the Word. Believe the Word. Declare it back to Him in faith. Come on. He said, my word shall not return unto me void, but what will it do? It shall accomplish. It shall accomplish. It shall accomplish the very thing I sent it forth to do. It will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The word accomplish means to bring about the result. How do you bring about healing results in your body? God just got such a sense. No premiums. No premiums. No deductibles. No wait times. But He does have a system. He does have medicine. He does have a process. We need to be speaking words that promote healing. And life. And power. And just stay with it if we need to stay with it. Like my wife stayed with it. Amen. Like I've stayed with it. 
You know, we, we, I don't know how many years we confessed around here, in our, primarily in our Thursday prayer group, uh, that someone would give this church a one-time offering of $50,000. It didn't happen the next week after we started saying it. And God didn't even tell us to start saying it. We just decided to start saying it. Someone's going to give this ministry a one-time offering of $50,000. It didn't happen the first month. It didn't happen the first six months. It didn't happen in the first year. It didn't happen in the second year. But it happened. That offering showed up. And it wasn't 50000 it was 90000 And periodically, we've been speaking now, someone's going to give this church a one-time offering of $100,000. And you watch. You watch. You watch. How do we know? Because we are speaking something we believe in our heart is coming to pass. We're working God's system. We're closer to it. Amen. So I like this word accomplish. It means to bring about a result. How do you bring about a divine, supernatural result of healing in your body? Take the healing word and return it back to Him. And just keep returning it back to Him. He said, it will not come back to me void. It will produce the result. I like this. The word accomplish in the Hebrew means to bring to completion, to fulfill, to perform, or to establish. So write down a couple of references. We don't have time to physically turn to them. Hebrews 3.1. Hebrews 3.1 tells us about a unique, holy, spiritual role that Jesus is playing in your life right now. In Hebrews 3.1, Jesus is called the high priest of our confession. So Jesus is at, at the right hand of the Father as a king... But he is also fulfilling the role of our high priest. You know, the high priest would take what the people brought him and go and worship God on their behalf with it. A sin offering, a grain offering, a worship gift. What is it that we are bringing our high priest? Should be words of faith. Jesus is the holy high priest of what you say. Mm -mm. But when we speak contrary to His Word, he, he can't work with that. He wants to go before the Father with what God said about your body. But we keep magnifying what the devil said, what the doctor said, what our symptoms say. He can't work with that. The devil can. The devil can and will. But God can only work with God's Word. We have to return God's Word back to Him. That's why the words we choose to speak. I don't care how much you hurt. I don't care how weak your body is. I was rereading uh, uh, Pastor Dodie Osteen's testimony uh, this afternoon about how she was healed of terminal uh, liver cancer when they finally diagnosed her on her 20th day. In the, it took her, took her over 20 days in the hospital to find out in 1981 what was wrong with her. And when they finally found out you have uh, liver cancer, late stage liver cancer, you just have a few weeks to live. We don't even recommend treatment. We'll treat you if you want. And Pastor John Osteen said, I'm, I'm taking my wife home. And uh, God spoke to her in the middle of the night. You read this in this little book. Uh, that, uh, yes, you have Brother Hagen praying for you. You have Pastor Osteen praying for you. You have uh, Oral Roberts praying for you. You have T.L. Osborne praying for you, and that's good. But he said, this will have to be on your faith, sweetie. Your faith. And she grabbed hold of her husband's hands. She locked on to the prayer of agreement. 
And they agreed on a such and such a day. And from that point, you know what? She would not, she did, she said, I did not go to bed. I went to bed when everybody else went to bed. I went to bed when a healthy person went to bed. Though I, my, my body was screaming. Go to bed and let, let people take care of you. Her parents moved into the house to take care of her, but she wouldn't let them. She said, my husband, my children made me so mad at times because I was hurting so bad. I was so weak. I felt like I was going to fall over. I wanted to move a little coffee table from one end. In it. Normally, I'd be able to do that. And I asked one of my children for help, and they go, Mom, you're healed. You can do it. Oh, she said she was mad about that. But she said, I appreciate that now because they supported my faith. She said, I had to let my every word and my every action affirm what I believed. She's still alive today, isn't she? Supernaturally healed. It doesn't matter how weak you are, your actions and your words are vitally important in those times. Faith is not moved by what you see, how you feel, how weak you are. He talks about how sometimes that she would just have a weak moment and he would just grab her up. 89 pounds, he would just grab her up and say, Honey, it's all right, you're going to live. We're going to travel the world together. Our best days are yet ahead. By his stripes you're healed. Don't forget what we prayed. What we prayed is true. God's not a liar. He's faithful. And just fought and 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 fought. But she worked this system. Are you with me? You got to put into the hands, right words into the hand of your high priest. He is the high priest of what you say. I'll give you one more reference and then I'll minister to you. Job 22, 28 in the Amplified. Write this down. Job 22, 28 in the Amplified. It says this. You, who? Me. You shall also decide and decree a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your ways. Come on. Your words are decrees. You are a king, don't forget. Jesus is king of kings. Lord of lords. How do kings rule? How do kings reign? If the king wants a 40-mile road built on the last back half of his kingdom, he don't go get a shovel. He does not climb up in the backhoe, does he? He sits on his throne and says, let there be a road, 40-mile road on the back, and and people go to establish it. That's how kings get things done. That's how you're supposed to conduct your life. Money, you come into my account. Customers, you come. I claim the harvest on my giving. Angels, get out there and get to work. And whatever you decree, but if you say, I'm, bro- I'm so broke, I, man, I don't have enough sense to pay attention. You just decreed something that the demons will establish in your life. Amen. The Bible says, decide and decree a thing. And it shall be established for you in the light of God's favor. So, again, look at, the, look at the two sides working together. What's our part? Decree what we want to be established. What's God's part? Establish it. Bring it about. 
It's not your job to bring about the healing. It's not your job to get the pain out. That's His job. You and I have a very simple job to decree what God's Word says over your body in faith. You're having, you're having trouble sleeping? There are scriptures in the Bible that say that you shall lie down on your bed and your sleep shall be sweet. You ought to start talking to bedtime. In an hour, I'm going to lie down on my bed and bless God, my sleep shall be sweet. Decree it. Decree it. God will establish it for you. You need to decree, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Let those words get out there. Let Je- Jesus goes, ooh, I could do something with those words. Amen. Declare, like we sang tonight, sickness can't stay any longer. Come on, why? Because we found out I'm redeemed. I have rights, I have privileges as a child of God, and I decree what God says about my body, and He will establish it. When? Today? Tomorrow? I don't care. All I know is my job is to say it. His job is to bring it to pass. Amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet tonight. Praise God. The Bible says, the Bible declares, amen, that they shall lay hands upon the sick. Come on, how positive is it? And they shall recover. They shall recover. Glory to God. Didn't say they might recover. It didn't say if it's my will, they'll recover. It said they shall. Come on. Hallelujah. So if you are ready to receive and you want to release your faith as I lay my hands upon you.